Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So people tell me my act is very positive. And I'm like, oh, that's funny, because they always said that. It's very exuberant, like positive about life. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's funny, because I was always so depressed. I used to be so depressed. And so miserable and self-destructive and suicidal. I was like, how is this possible that I can be so positive on stage? And I was like, that's really nice. But that's my act. It's not negative. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Balancing Acts. In this conversation, I'm joined by award-winning comedian Tom Ward. Hi, this is Steve Whiteley, comedian, actor, filmmaker and writer, all-round ADHD creative. And welcome to my new podcast, Balancing Acts, where I talk to an array of creatives ranging from comedians, actors, directors, all sorts. And we talk about how they find a sense of balance or not between their creative lives and their everyday lives and how that has an impact on their mental health and beyond. Balancing Acts is now made in association with The Comedy Crowd, who are a website and community that support independent comedy creators such as myself. I have a Comedy Crowd short, which is a a two-minute video, one of my characters on their website. They showcase the best new videos on Comedy Crowd TV, which is comedycrowdtv.com, and across media platforms, so do go and check them out. Tom Ward is a comedian, writer, filmmaker and voiceover artist. He won the Chortle Award winner for Best Newcomer in 2017. He's been seen on Comedy Central's Roast Battle, Stand Up Central and live from the Comedy Store. In 2018, he was Joe Lysett's official tour support and recently supported Jack Whitehall on tour, which is something we get into in this conversation And this was a good one. This was a real good one. We went real deep and covered a lot of ground. Tom talks about his battles with depression and how he went from verging on being suicidal, having suicidal thoughts, to being in a place where he now feels 
grounded and present. He cites much of this down to reading the teachings of Osho and developing a regular meditation practice. Tom describes this need in our society for us all to be busy all of the time and why it's so important to take time out and, and try and be present. And listening to him in, in this conversation and also listening back to the podcast, I, I could just relate to that in terms of you know, my ADHD mind always needs to be stimulated all the time. I need to I need to be active and it's something that I'm really trying my best to do at the moment is trying to be more present, even little things like going out for a run and instead of listening to a podcast or or music, just trying to be present with the sounds, etc. But it's, it's not easy. And uh, as you all well know, due to my obsessive chat about meditation in various episodes in this podcast, even doing that, I'm still sort of needing to be busy. So I thought it was very apt talking about that. We also talk about the highs and lows of being on the road as a comedian. As I said, uh, Tom recently supported Jack Whitehall on tour, so we, we talk about that experience. We also cover how Tom went from working in a charity shop to becoming a full-time comedian, his former life as the lead singer of an indie band, and lots and lots more. This was a really great conversation. Tom drops Pearls of wisdom, left, right, and center. So I think you are going to enjoy this one for sure. So over to Tom. Perfect. Well, thank you for coming on. It's good to be here. Um, Hanging out with you. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it is really good to be. Do you know what? I've got a very fond memories of the first time we met. You probably won't remember this, but I do. Yeah. It was one of my first, uh, it was one of the first competitions at the CAV. Yep. And I got through to the final, I think it was a final three or something like that. And you won it and you kindly gave up the trophy because you previously won it. Ah. And as a knock-on effect, I ended up winning the trophy. Ah. So, and obviously, you know, it's, it's, like one, it's one of those first open mic competitions that I won. <laughs> and so it felt like an incredible moment having yeah. this little plastic trophy. So yeah. I have you to thank oh, for that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I don't remember that. Um, I remember sh- I remember me and Saskia Preston both won, or well, we both seemed to get the same amount of clapping because that was how they won. That's how you won, wasn't it? The audience yeah. would clap yeah. while the MC held the trophy in front of all of the people that had got to the, the end. Yeah. And the loudest clap won the trophy. But me and Saskia need to be getting the same Equal clap. Claps. So I snapped the trophy in half and gave her the top and I took the base. Nice. Okay. <laughs> so I got an upgraded version of that. Yeah. You got the full gentleman's package. Yeah. I'm not sure if it would have worked quite as well when I did my boastful social media posts with like yes. half half the trophy. Because <laughs> it's Yeah. The stump of yeah, what, yeah. what is a two inch trophy anyway. A weapon. Yeah. Holding a weapon. Which I still use because yeah. you know, so there are burglaries around here so yeah. never can be too careful stab them with your semi-victory yes the bottom half yeah. of my snap trophy um so how's all how's the gigging front going how was how was the tour support with, with uh, jack whitehall that looked like a lot of fun it was uh, the gigs were very fun um you know being away from my bed is always a tricky one i like my own room because i've made my i've made such an effort to make my room like a, a utopia of all of my favourite films, bands, singers. What poster-wise, you mean? All just, of it, just covered in posters. Have you? Yeah. I, I need plants. to take a leaf out of your book because mine yeah. is Spartan as fuck. It is very, uh, very... You got well, this is, images, but. this is this is what... This is kind of the equivalent of what you're talking about, as in, in the lounge, but in the bedroom, there's there's nothing. Yeah. And mm. I keep meaning to do something and yeah. I just never get around to it. Yeah. That alarm is not... That is my alarm, yeah. That's, that's the alarm. 
knows moped alarm is so sensitive as soon as a car just drives past it goes off wow yeah okay um, I'm going to check it I'm going to just quickly do it yeah is it gone yeah and there we go oh cool Maybe we'll edit it out. Maybe we won't. Maybe leave it in. Maybe it's we'll keep it real. These kind of moments that, you know, the fans are really... Yeah, it keeps it real. Authentic, doesn't life. it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So has that been an ongoing project? They'll be tweeting about that for years. <laughs> How's your bike? <laughs> Steve? How's your moped? Rumour has it there wasn't even a moped there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was good. I enjoyed the gigs, and but I did, yeah, I did miss home and uh, the five-star hotels were very nice. Um, and the night staff can be a bit creepy in hotels because they sort of, they can't contain the fact that they're excited, but they try and pretend that they're not excited okay. to see this person they recognise. Yeah. And then you sort of get led to your room by a sort of, the kind of man who would work in a uh, funeral parlour. Yeah. You know, the guys that um, push the beds back into the little drawers. Yes, yeah. And shuffle around quietly. Okay. And we never really know what they are, who they are. But they can also be night porters in hotels. Yeah. And they would walk me to my room and say, so how long have you been doing comedy then? <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, a few years. Oh, it's very good. You know, you're doing very well, you know. And you make a living from it. Oh, good God. Yeah. It's so, hard, isn't it? It must be hard. It must be hard. I could never do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of, the fun, some of the people are so funny, aren't they? So I was watching something the other day on TV. It was so funny. I can't remember his name. But I was laughing. So some people are so funny. Great, good <laughs> chat. See you later, man. Good night. Yeah. Are the biscuits free? Should I eat them? Is that all right or is it a trick? And were they were there Bibles provided? No in Bibles. The, no Bibles. No, no. These Controversial. Are godless hotels. Wow. Atheists. Yeah. yeah. Or you know, un, unsure of what they believed, perhaps. Okay. Um, but yeah, I did enjoy, and the gigs were orgasmic, man. I, some of the gigs, the Blackpool Opera House, there was like two thousand eight hundred. Norwich was exceptional. Two thousand people—that is a lovely amount. Yeah, that's, that's my that's my that's the kind of a size audience I want now. Is it sixty people or two thousand people? Nothing in between. Very rarely enjoyed either uh, anything else. Genuinely, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love. Why? Why do you I like this? the little tight rooms or these small theatres, which is what two thousand—not small, a medium-sized theatre. Okay. Oh, they're just dreamy because it's like you get the full force of it. You can still see the front row. You can chat to people. You can play with sound. But if you get, I did one arena and it was so big and so cavernous that I just felt, I felt completely miles away yeah. from everything. Which is a horrible feeling. I didn't like it. Yeah. I like the immediacy of comedy. That's why I do it. That's why I love it so much. Yeah. It's right there. Everyone's right there, packed in. Yeah. Um, so I'm a bit nervous about becoming hugely successful. I'm going to try and scupper it it's as much no- as I can. It's a nice no things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anything above two thousand, that's going to be kind of like one of your riders. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Cancel some tickets if it's a if it's a bigger venue. Just just leave five hundred seats empty if it's two and a half thousand. Yeah, and you have to have an Uncle Fester like personality running the front desk of the hotel. Yeah, I want a yeah. guy with a with a who hasn't had a CRB check. Yes, clearly hasn't had a CRB check to be my tour manager and run the venue yeah it makes life exciting doesn't it yeah I want, I want that I want that around me I'm used to that now so was it fun like on the road was it fun being on the road then with another comedian sort of because you know you, you know you've got that cliche of oh it's a lonely existence being a comedian mm. I guess you had two sides to it right so you had another comedian Jack you know mm. on the road with you, you you seemed like you had a lot of fun with yeah uh, 
But then the other aspect is you're going back to the hotel room on your own mm. at night. Uh, talk to me about that, that, that sort of contrast. Uh, well, to be honest, Jack was, you know, very separate from me. Yeah, he's I imagine. Of, he's got his own, you know, uh, car, got okay. his own driver. Right. Um, which is a totally different world, isn't it? A driver. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I spent more time with his tour manager, uh, Johnny Dodkin. He's such a great guy. He drove me around in a Jag, a rented Jag, beautiful car. Um, nice. You get old school Jag. Stuff. No, new Jag. I'd love, obviously you want the old school Jag, yeah. you know, the sort of ten miles to the gallon kind of stuff. But this one was just so smooth. Uh, heated a heating steering wheel. Ooh, I mean, it's just that's a little luxury, touches, isn't, isn't it? it? Oh, I mean, how much more luxury can you add to a thing? Um, a glass, uh, a glass roof. So wow. you can, and you and you can choose to have the glass roof. It can kind of you can darken it so it blacks it out. Fantastic. Or you can have clear glass so you can have the sun beating down on you. This is what you got into the comedy game for, right? I didn't even know that this was available, but now it's like you then suddenly want it. Sky's the limit. You know what's available to you, and then you're like you become less satisfied by what you have. Um, you know, all that stuff was fine. I spent time, a little time with Jack, but we were largely independent. He's kind of got it's such a big thing for him, you know, to be in a on tour, the pressure, you know, he's quite private, uh, very nice guy, but it wasn't like a wild time. Yeah, okay, yeah. And I'd often be, I'd be, I'd do the gig and I'd be buzzing so hard after that I wish my mates had been there that we could go yeah. off and party. Right, so what did you do after then? I just sat down, had a couple of beers, checked my Instagram. I mean, pretty naff. You know, <laughs> got a bit of a dopamine rush from the uh, from the likes yeah. A bit like a line, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. I uh, wish there'd been someone there to go out with and then gone to bed. Right. So I'm sorry to disappoint you, um, but it was largely mundane. That makes sense. And a lot of bands will tell you this, life on the road is just a lot of waiting, sitting, well, I can, going I, to bed. When you said that, I could relate to it because I used to like manage bands and yeah. stuff in a former life and, uh, you know, did tours around the UK mm. and it seemed glamorous, but it really is not. Mm. Well, it well, my experience well definitely wasn't. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah, you're only on stage for an hour, twenty minutes, or half an hour, and you got all. The and then you're off. Hours. Yeah, I and mean, this this was tour support as well. This right. wasn't sort of like main. Yeah. yeah, this was tour support. So it was yeah, quick in and out job. Yeah, onto the next one. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if people think your life's glamorous. Fine, let them believe what they want. Yeah, as long as they think you're doing well, you are. Yeah, it's actually all about perception, isn't it? Yeah, so it's like whatever. If you think my life's a roller coaster of, of fun, it's actually a lot of just sitting in rooms in suburbia. But I wouldn't change it for the world. <laughs> I love all that. I love suburbia. I love doing laps of suburbia. I love familiarity. I love repetition. Yeah, suburbia is a thing for me. Um, I get quite nostalgic about where, where I grew up. I grew up in Edgware, mm. aka the edge of nowhere. <laughs> and um, it's like there was a documentary that came out the other day. Uh, Lee, oh, what's his name? Lee, Lee Kern. Do you know Lee Kern? Comedian? Yeah. He did a documentary years ago, <clears throat> 2000 or something, about this local guy called the Edgware Walker. And he was this, mm. he was this legend, local myth. He'd always walk around just in his running shorts and he was about 60 odd. And he had a bit of a hunchback. And uh, everyone, there was all these rumors, what happened? Oh, apparently he was a successful doctor and he had a car crash and he was always trying to fix his back and he spent all his money on these operations. Anyway, Lee did a documentary and it came out on Channel 4 in the early 2000s mm. and he only just released it on Vimeo. Wow. And I watched it and it brought back so many memories. Oh, there's the blockbusters from the local oh. high street, you know. But like it's pure suburban mm. mundaneity. Mm. And growing up in that existence, mm. there's something quite thrilling about it because... Yeah. 
you have fuck all to do, so you end up doing drugs and having a great time. Yeah, or just finding a way. You got to just find a way. You got to find your people or find your scene or. Yeah, what was your scene or people? Uh, well, I mean, when I say suburbia, I don't mean that I want to stay where I grew up or. No. Or, or I mean, what I mean by it, I just mean the kind of day to day thing of the shops that you go to and yeah, the people yeah. that you know and exactly. hello morning and the fact that my yeah. hairdresser knows my name and that's a beautiful knows thing. what I want. Yeah. And can help me, you know, with my hair vision, uh, you know, suggest, <laughs> suggesting some things <laughs> without it changing the uh, the ethos. Yeah. I love all that. Uh, but, you know, it took, what, when I was 16, I was, you know, desperately trying to get out of there and find my thing. And I guess I started going to underage drinking nights and stuff like that. There was one in um, Twickenham called Heathen House. And it was just a hard rock thing, which is not really my scene, but you didn't have to go inside. You could sit in the garden. And just drink with your friends or make like talk to people you hadn't met. Yeah. And I sort of nearly kissed a girl, but I was so shy. I was oh, yeah. so, so shy. I couldn't, I was sort of quite good looking by then, but I just couldn't cope with the whole kissing girls thing yet. So there was this girl who tried to kiss me and I sort of got on with her so well. And looking back, what was I afraid of? But she was sort of hanging off me, trying to kiss me. And I just like, no, no, no. But that is why I remember being 16, 17 this sense that there was possibilities for life but I couldn't couldn't do it I couldn't do it yeah I was always like oh, no I just can't I can't do this yeah but then once you got into your early 20s I'm sure that all changed I've been smashing the birds for years <laughs> um, no I mean it's taken a long time actually but yeah no that 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 was my first scene I guess of, of fun yeah. fun scene realising that there's alternative people that it isn't just the wankers at school with yeah. their neat hair and the boys that looked good, and, yeah. you know, the handsome boys at school that I wasn't, not straightforwardly anyway. Yeah. I had to really look to see how good looking I was. I had to sort of squint <laughs> um, and sort of get past my difficult character. Um, yeah. So what, when did you start first getting into comedy? Late 20s. Late 20s. 29. Were you always a funny dude? I was, was always into jokes, yeah. I was into jokes at school because I was very lonely at school. Uh, I was a bit, I was sort of uh, kind of an odd kid of uh, uh, Christian parents. So sort of navigating their yeah, their sure. dogma. And, um, you know, my dad's idea of what I should be trying to do. He was basically trying to teach us to be perfect. Yeah. Essentially, is what Christian parents, I guess, try to do, or some of them. Uh, he was trying to sort of get me to be an improved version of him. So, you know, when you're 10, you don't really understand these notions. You're just sort of overwhelmed by them. They sort of flood you. Yeah. So I was a weird kid to the outside. I just needed sort of a good role model. So I didn't I didn't really have one. But jokes became part of it. Yeah. Being funny as as cleanly as I could be because swearing was a sin, you know. Okay. Yeah. So I had to try and be funny within these tight parameters, you know. And um, even the bullies would laugh. They was all giving me a slightly less rough time because I made them laugh. That, that gained a certain respect. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of comedians would have talked about this, but yeah, I was always into jokes. And I think it probably was a survival thing, like a lot of other people would say. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was jotting stuff down and thinking, I'd like to be, I'd like to try this at some point, I think. Yeah. But music was my dream. I wanted to be a rock star. And that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. And I was singing for a couple of years in a band, but. Like what, came, what indie band? Yeah, I was in an yeah, indie yeah, band yeah, in my yeah. mid-twenties. Okay. So that was my first dream. And that okay. was the thing that got me through 
being young, yeah. dreaming of being a rock star. You know? Yeah, yeah. You need a dream, don't you? I was the same. Mine was to be in the music industry. That's yeah. what it was. But mine was very specific. It's weird when I think about it now. It originally was to be an MC, mm-hmm. so go figure, like Wisebound stuff. But mm-hmm. then uh, when I got to about seven, 16, 17, I became obsessed with finding the next big, uh, whether it was a garage track, whatever, I'd be going down to record stores, spending hours and hours looking through records. And I wanted to be an A&R guy. Mm. I, I wanted to be the guy that found the records and found the artists and signed them. Uh, it was like, but it was like a lot of these things I built up in my head to be this mystical experience. Mm. And the reality was somewhat different. Yeah. Yeah. As it always is. Definitely, definitely, definitely. You have to try it. You've got to try it. Otherwise, you'll always wonder. Exactly that. And exactly. That can really hurt what you wished you'd done. So many people go through life like that. Mm. I'd yeah. much rather go through the pain of living, I don't know, a, a creative life and doing what we're doing and trying to obtain to, to something more yeah. than never trying it and Absolutely. just playing it safe. Definitely. And once you get used to that, you can cope with the, the ups and downs of it more. Yeah, it takes a while to get used to, right? Yeah, the uncertainty, the periods of insecurities, financial you know, ups and downs. So how did you get... Okay, so for the financial side of things, yeah, how did you get through that period? Were you doing, were you doing lots of part-time jobs when you first got into stand-up? And, or did you have a full-time job and you're just doing it on the side? Uh, no, I didn't have a full-time job. I, had, um, I, worked, I managed a charity shop pretty much all through my 20s, different okay. charity shops all around London. Yeah. And then that was when I put the band together, I was still managing charity shops. And that was good. That was pretty well paid, actually, considering. Um, and I loved it. It was great because I could turn the shop into just a sort of second home, really, because I was there full time. Made it look how I wanted. They gave me total control over how I made the shop look. I'd fix up shops that weren't doing very well. So they send me in and just say, look, just do what you do. So I'd put posters up in frames and make it look fun and play music. So this is where the inspiration for your bedroom came from? Yeah, well, both. The yeah. other way around, probably. Okay. The bedroom was one and then the charity shop just became a second bedroom. Yeah. And I lived downstairs secretly for a few months in one of the shops, um, in the yeah, in the sorting room, to save money. How um, long did you live down there for? About three months. <laughs> no, nice. washing the sink. How was that? Make pasta in the kettle. Wow. <laughs> Just boil the kettle with the pasta in it, and then let it simmer, and then reboil it until the pasta was ready, yeah. and then drain it. <laughs> the kettle was full of starch. It was disgusting. Oh, I know that. I, yeah, I remember that. If, if I took my mind off, the, if I took my eye off the kettle and forgot that I was doing it, it would like spill over. It looked this gunk with this horrible gunk with this little air slide yeah. down the side of it. Um, yeah, and then I was like, right, okay, in the band, band didn't work out, and then I was. Were you lead singer? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was all about the words. I loved the lyrics. You know, I was really into words, and I really wanted the audience to hear the words. What was the name of the band? Church of the Drive Through Elvis. And we okay. were good, man. Maybe a little bit, you know, maybe the beats were a bit straight, but there was a mania about it. There okay. was a genuine franticness, which felt right. Okay. Kind of bonkers sound. Okay. Which was great, represented me and us. Um, old school, kind of surfy guitars and that twangy, groovy bass lines. Um, In a parallel universe, I would have seen you at a gig signed you to mm. a label mm. we would both fulfilled our dreams you in a band and me as the A&R guy that would be nice didn't happen and here yeah. we are now well we'd probably be very different people you'd probably would. be sniffing right now <laughs> yeah man really good to have you here really like why here man always loved your stuff yeah 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 first pan I signed yeah coming up with should generic comments should we, get, should we get some should we get some mm. let's get some and I'd probably be 
wearing a leather jacket. Yeah. Even though I'm vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be I'd be that kind of person. Uh, second hand, though. Second hand. Um, what, was, what were we saying? Uh, uh, the band. Actually, yeah. no, to be honest, I'm glad it didn't work out because it was so boring being in a band. Was it? So fucking boring. You can't... What did you find boring about it's it? Just, you've got to sing the songs. And if you're a comedian, you go on and tell the jokes. You go and say the different jokes and change yeah. the words. Yeah. You don't have to try and get along with anyone. Just turn up. Yeah. You don't have a bass player that's hates you and you've got to sort of pretend that that's not happening. That's true. You know, it's all that, it's all that bollocks with people where you have to navigate the people. Yeah. And we don't have to do that now as comedians, do we? We don't have to navigate anyone else's nonsense. No. Unless we meet producers who want to talk to us about being on their thing. Yeah. And then you've got to navigate all that. And they're the gatekeepers. I don't like that. I don't like that side of it, but... Um, what, in terms of like the, the business side of it and all meet that? meet with yeah. producers. Sort of do the whole... Spiel. I just don't enjoy it. But um, yeah, stand up. I was flyering. I flyered for nightclubs, uh, for restaurants, just strolling around Covent Garden, Holborn, giving out flyers. Yeah. I promoted a strip club. All right, guys, looking for a good time? <laughs> <laughs> That's my alter ego. Uh, what are you looking for tonight, lads? Oh, some lovely girls in tonight. <laughs> Two for one, your first drink. What's your name, pal? <laughs> I thought, I'll walk you in, don't worry. Wearing my trench coat. Um, and then, thank God, I got signed and decided to take the leap. Even though I was still... And they spot you outside where you were flying. <laughs> You're a funny boy. Hey, you got talent. Here. You got something. <laughs> you might just have what it takes, kid. Yeah. So, yeah. It was... I was 30, you know... 33, 34, giving out flyers, making cash in hand. You know, not Struggles ideal. Real. Not ideal. Yeah. But hey, you, when you've got a dream and when if you can withstand that, sh- you know, that shame or other people's expectations for what you would, would be doing or the fact that you went to a grammar school, all that, you know, eventually none of it matters. It's like as long as you've, you've got a dream and you're feeling all right, you can get through it. Yeah, it's going through that. It's that pain barrier, isn't it? Mm. So that initial pain barrier, which is... You don't know how long it's going to last. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just... It's, That's right. It's tough. But I think you, you do have a massive advantage in a way getting into it slightly older because mm. you're just more... You're more emotionally mature and you can perhaps deal with that in a slightly better way. Yeah. And the flip side is when that success does happen, it probably won't go to your head in the same way as it would have done if you were younger. Yeah, probably. Probably. My ego is a lot calmer than it used to be. Same. Uh, my mind is a lot calmer. Yeah. I've worked a lot on that, I think, but maybe getting older as well. That whole sort of being run by your mind, run by that inner demon. Yeah. Well, we should go and get that. Why don't we go there? Let's go and get that. Why has he got that? Yeah. I want that. Yeah, that craving. Yeah. And yeah. it never shuts up. Actually, it's quieter now. So when you say you worked on your mind, how did you How did you do that? Uh, read some good books, got into meditation. What kind of books? Osho, Bhagwan. <clears throat> Yeah, well, so I, I, I mean, the documentary, obviously, mm. everyone talks about that documentary. You watch it. Wild World Country. Wild, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful film, yeah. yeah. I was a bit nervous to watch it because I love him so much. Okay. And he's been my guy. Did it affect your view of him? It sort of made me, it uh, made me go, oh, well, you know. And then I watched a lot of other cult films and I thought, well, it's inevitable. There's a kind of inevitability around anything with people, anything with organized groups, anything with communes, ashrams. Um you know the the merge the, the the meeting of the codependent people and the the nar- narcissists. 
there's a kind of uh, inevitability about something going down. Yeah. Um, and he was just another version of that. I don't really know quite how much say he had in the so-called corrupting that I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched it. Some pretty dark stuff was going down, but I imagine he turned a blind eye to certain things. I can imagine that he was corrupted and he seemed to get into drugs, which was totally surprising. This guy that was meditating, he was blissed out and he decided to get into laughing gas and other stuff from this Hollywood producer's wife. Yeah. That was disappointing, but basically he's changed my life. Is he the main source? Would you say he's the main source in terms of spirituality and the main yeah. source that you've really he gained is. something from? His books are incredible. Really? He's funny. Okay. He's dark. He's cynical. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, openly um, materialistic, openly into sex. His whole approach is all of these things are there for us to enjoy. Okay. Don't put a, don't put a restriction on anything and um, drop organized religion. Drop anyone else's version for you. Live moment to moment. Drop your habits if right now you need to do something else. It's all about just dropping everything all of the time and go, I'm going to do that then. Okay. You know, even if you don't want to meditate, sack it off. So do you do you apply that to your everyday life? I, tr- I try to. Well, give me an example where you might have applied it where you're just like, all right, I'm, I'm dropping that. Well, you know, just be about breaking the routine because I love routine. Yeah, I so love repetition. We're creatures of habit. But I find it very calming as well to do the same things every day at the same time, yeah. eat the same breakfast, same yeah. bread, find out which shop I, I like, this, go to that one. But just, you know, from time to time, I'll just go, you know what, let's move this around. Let's change this. I don't feel like that right now. So let's not go into autopilot. You know, that's the thing where you start doing stuff and you, you don't even remember doing it because you're just doing it again. Yeah. Um, just change it. I did it that. <clears throat> the big thing that I started this year, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to maintain it, but it was mm. changing my morning routine and I get up now at 5 a.m. Do you? Uh, yeah, because... On the nights I wasn't doing gigs, mm. and let's say I didn't have any social arrangements, I found that that period between, say, 9 and 11, sometimes later, was wasted, I found. I was just like, my brain was just, just on free... Uh, PM. Yeah, PM, mm. yeah. And I, it just, nothing nothing good was happening. Mm. And so I was like, all right, let me, what if I cut that out, go to bed a bit earlier on those nights and get up earlier? And then I found myself... Uh, I found the creativity was flowing more in terms of writing earlier in the morning. Mm. So I stopped writing at 8 a.m. before mm. I go for a run and that kind of thing. Brilliant. But whether I'll be able to maintain it is another matter. But that was an example of just switching things up a bit. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter if you don't maintain it. If you don't maintain it, you didn't want to do it. Yeah, that's a good point. There's no guilt to be had, is there? I mean, uh, that guilt is such a part of our culture. Guilt and shame. And it's also like we develop our own inner critic, don't we? Yeah. And that's very difficult to tame. Yeah. Telling you, oh, I thought you were going to do this. Yeah. It's just a, ver- it's a version of the authority figures we had growing up. Exactly. Yeah. We've, we've sort of taken that and run with it. They're sort of embedded in us. And now they've just got different things to beat us with. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, if you don't want to wake up at five, I could see why you wouldn't want to. Yes. Or why that habit might drop away because it's probably a bit painful. Indeed. A bit wrenching to unpeel yourself from the soft womb of your bed. Perfect. 
Hello, sorry to interrupt in the middle of this insightful conversation, which I'm enjoying, I'm sure, just as much as you are. But I need to give you guys a little reminder. Uh, If you like this conversation, this episode, if you like balancing acts in general, then please do subscribe to us, rate and review us because it makes the world of difference. And the more reviews we get, the more rates we get, the more people can discover the podcast and we can make it go viral, whatever that means. Okay, back to the chat. And meditation? Yeah. Every day? Yeah, I try to. Yeah. Yeah, what's... Well, I don't try to. You just... <laughs> I just do. Yeah. Yeah. If I want to drop it, I drop I it. I drop it, yeah. Um, yeah, love it. Love it. It's not... I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of the, there's a lot of things thinking, you know, I still think oh, it's not like I'm just sitting there in bliss. Yeah. But there might be a couple of seconds. Yeah, I mean, that's all it is. It's bloody hard, isn't it? I've yeah. been doing it for years and I still, like, I'm, I'm all over the shop mm, mm, mm. in terms of my mind. I'm, yeah. It's, it's, like you said, it's a few moments. Yeah. I still, every time though, I come out of it feeling better for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just sitting still and calming down your breathing. I think that alone is good. Sitting yeah. still and breathing is good, let alone if you're thinking. But actually, when I first started doing it, I was heartbroken and it was amazing. It was like a new drug that I'd found. I was blissed out man when I, when I came out of the meditation I was like whoa so I'd go on I'd be going to the strip club to work to promote give out the flight alright lads and on the, uh, on the on the bus from New Cross to Holborn the 171 I'd sit on the back and just pray that no one loud got on yeah. you know because it's loud isn't it people are loud they yeah, can't yeah, shut yeah. up especially on the phone like, playing computer game with yeah. the sound on He's like, turn it off. Why have you got to make noise? It's unnecessary. You know, the people playing music from their phones. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It's Which the is, most selfish thing. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. But that, so I just hope that there'd be no one talking or eating crisps. Um, and then I'd just meditate for 20 minutes on the bus. And sometimes it would be going early evening and the sun would be setting and the sun would be flooding through the bus window and I would just be blissed out, man. I would be like, Oh, <laughs> thank God I've got this. Yeah. Because I was so sad. I was so sad. So I found it when I was at like 29, 30, heartbroken. And I was like, this is a godsend. Sit in the garden before work. Yeah. Sometimes I just burst into tears halfway through the meditation. Yeah. And then just, you know, you've got to go with it. But yeah. Well, was it sort of like just following your breath or what type of meditation? I sort of made up a mantra. Okay. In my head. So like transcendental in a way, isn't it? I guess it? so, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. So just, you didn't pay thousands of pounds for them to give you a mantra? No. Didn't give one week's wages, whatever you're supposed to do to the to the guru. Yeah. I didn't have, couldn't afford that. I was like, I'm not giving you 250 pounds. <laughs> That's a lich I'm clinging on here. Yeah. Um, yeah, that changed, that changed things. That changed a lot. Do you find it affects your creativity? I don't know. Difficult to, um, it's difficult to measure, isn't it? Yeah. I'll tell you what, I did find that... Um, so I go to the London Buddhist Centre in Bethnal Green. Oh, yeah. And they nice. do... Yes. Have you been there? Yeah. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, really nice. Yeah. I don't know why I said, have you been there when you said it's really nice? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's lovely there. Never been there. <laughs> I haven't actually even heard of it. Yeah. I just assumed because you were smiling when you said you'd been. Yeah, I did do a Google image though. It looked lovely. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I go to the lunchtime meditation sessions and then I go straight after the cafe nearby mm. and do some writing. And mm. I did definitely feel that something had shifted somewhat. Mm. Yeah. Would that just be like my perception was slightly wide? I don't know. But there was something there. Yeah. Well, if, yeah, if that's if that's what you're doing, then yeah. Just do it, right? Definitely. That's yeah. great. So you go to Bethnal Green to meditate. 
Yeah, is it like a group group of you? So, yes, yeah, so that's where. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, so you do the group meditation sessions. That's mm. where uh, I've just finished a four year course with them. It's like a Mitra ah. study course, studying Buddhism. It's like a, a men's group, and we meet every we're meeting every Tuesday. Nice. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, but you know what? I, it wasn't a thing where I sort of seeked out. I was doing a few meditation retreats, and then on one of the retreats, I met a guy, and he, and he called me up. A week later, and he's like, "Oh, um, I've been asked to go on this uh, Buddhist men's group, and they're looking for people to come on the course. Are you up for it?" Yeah. And I was like, oh, "Is it free?" And he said, "Yeah." I said, "Yeah, right." <laughs> that was the only thought process that went. I mean, there was no thinking involved, but I ended up just keep going back because the yeah. conversations were so interesting. Yeah, and I just found it really helpful for the rest of my just just in terms of applying it to other areas of life, especially yeah. just doing what the kind of work that we do is so mm. up and down, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need it. Yeah. You need something. You know, you meet these people and you're like, you need something. Yes. You know, just, you've got to, you've got to get you out of there. You know, you're looking at their head and you're thinking, you're in there, man. <laughs> it's tough. Got to, to get be. out of there. Yeah. And uh, these kind of neurotic people or these vengeful people. And I see a lot of myself in these people when I was younger and I go, oh, right. If we could just get you to sit down and shut up for a bit, get off your phone, um, delete some of these apps. You know, all this sort of stuff. You're looking at them going, you can sort of see practically what they're doing that's not helping. Yeah. We've got, we'll have a look at your diet. Yeah. See what you're eating, what time you're eating. It's quite practical, a lot of this stuff. And, um, you know, once you get into it, you're like, oh, I thought this was all wishy-washy and it's going to be quite complicated. You know, even Buddhism. Osho is so great because it's so accessible. Yeah. And funny. The fact that he makes me laugh, the first page cracked me up. I was like, oh, this is great. He's making me laugh. I thought it was going to be all wishy-washy and vague. Yeah, I think it makes such a difference if uh, whoever whoever is whoever, whoever is you're learning from, mm. if their approach is done with a sense of humour. Yeah, because it makes it so much more accessible and less preachy and serious. It's the same at the London Buddhist Centre. They, you know, they they love a good laugh. Good. Yeah, I think that's a key. I think that's a sign that it's proper. Because yeah. if people aren't laughing, I feel like it's po-faced and yeah. isn't taking isn't taking the piss out of itself. Or doesn't see the joke. And I think life is a joke. Or, you know, it is in part a joke. Or, or silly. Yeah. Or strange or perverse. And if you decide not to laugh at that, then I feel like you're missing something. 100%. Um, so I, I always wear the laughs are. There's got to be laughs. Otherwise, you're an idiot. I just can't bear to be around people that aren't, super serious. aren't having a laugh. No. Or don't like a, repeat, don't like a re- repeating joke. Yeah. You know, like you have your mates and you have recurring jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just drop in a line that you have maybe said for a year in that situation because it applies again and they're just like, oh, yeah. It's the best. Yeah. And you just say something and you just crack up again. Yeah. And then some people don't like that. You know, some people say, oh, we've, we've done this joke. Why are you doing it? Well, <laughs> they wait for you just to stop being silly and they yeah. just stand there rolling their eyes. You ever gone out with someone who just doesn't find you funny or doesn't want to have a laugh? Yeah, well, my my ex ex girlfriend. <laughs> Funny you mentioned it, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it was never going to last. It's so boring. Yeah, they can be gorgeous. You can like walking down the road with them, but you know, I found in relationships, if you're having to have a little chat with yourself about why you should stay together, it's like that is the beginning of the end, isn't it? You just can't persuade yourself to stay with someone, can you? 
Well, she's good. She's good for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. She, uh, she's quite. Um, she's solid. She's more grounded than I am. That, that could be good for me. Yeah. Um, my mum likes her. Um, she's kind to animals. Um, she'd make a great mother. She'd make a great mother. She's got lovely hips. Um, but if she's doing that, if she's having to frantically write, but I lists. I've always uh, had a terrible history in terms of um, arriving at that final decision-making point of like no. It's mm. time to break up. Mm. I've just constantly convincing myself in the past. And I was like, well, just give it one more try. Mm. You know, a couple more weeks and then see where you're at. <laughs> God, your inner voice sounds like a sort of regional leisure centre manager. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, okay. So how the sales are out this week? The, the paddling pool's doing well. Goggle sales have gone through the roof. <laughs> yeah. I know it's, it's funny that I think that can you can apply that for anything. Anything um, you just got to sit with it for a couple of for a couple of units of time, whatever that is, weeks, days, hours. Like this morning, last night, I was offered another room at Edinburgh, and I've accepted a room that is my dream room for my show. Okay, for the this year, great this year's thing. And and then I was like, some other person messaged me and said, oh oh no, oh we, we I thought I'd spoken to you. We've got a room for you, and you, you'll save loads of money, and it's 120 seats and. I was like, oh God, that sounds great. And then I suddenly started to get, you know, the the, the uh, conundrum of like, oh, should I take that one? I'll definitely yeah. make more money with that. But I really like the other room that I've... So I slept, went to bed, had a bad dream about taking the room that, you know, the other guy was suggesting. Uh, woke up, <gasps> you know, oh God, I've taken the wrong room. Damn. You know, and I thought, well, this clearly, I'm having anxiety dreams. Whether it, it's the wrong decision, who cares? Just got to go with the feeling, haven't you? Gotta go with the feeling. And when you get into that habit, it's sort of there's no everything you do suddenly becomes about that thing in your stomach. Um and you know, the sheets were moist. Top to top to toe. <laughs> um I was like, this is not a good time. I haven't wet the bed since I was six. I really must say no to this offer. You know. So yeah, you have to follow that, I think. I'm getting better. Yeah. I think that that is that goes in hand in hand isn't it, with stuff like meditation, where you are able to clear your mind. Yeah, it makes things just a little bit less foggy. Yeah, yeah, and it isn't all in the mind. Everything life, you don't need your mind. Yeah, sometimes you do for working things out, problems, you know, calculations, distances, um, memories, uh, to do lists, that sort of stuff. But for the rest of it, you can if you can turn it off, you don't need it. Okay. So it's just on exhausting itself exhausting you rule it running you which it shouldn't be doing it's like, it's like a library service for you to use but if the library service you know is always on it's just a waste just close close it off yeah you're just expending unnecessary energy yeah and there's other parts of you you know to enjoy yeah well that's all that's a whole mystical side of things that's like a whole another realm isn't it once you Tap into that. And yeah. Like, oh shit! There's a whole other ball game going on. Yeah, and there's that bliss thing as well that yeah. you can feel high. Yeah. Like, or just hanging out in your life, because it's that's the whole thing with Buddhism. There's an inner bliss that you can access. Mm. That's there all the time. That's our that's our default state is bliss. So you can access bliss without drugs. I love drugs as well, but you, you can do natural drugs just by breathing. And going in and like just, you know, be living your life. Yeah. Doing really boring, mundane stuff. Not boring, but just like, oh, this is great. It's great. Yeah, I did, um, for the, I only recently got into walking meditations. Mm. 
And uh, I was like, oh, instead of just, <clears throat> well, you know, I can I can walk to walk to wherever it is I'm going from the station or wherever, listen to a podcast or etc. Or I could try and do this. Mm. And I was doing these walking meditations and I did get those feelings of bliss. I was like, this is amazing. This is mm. free. This is on tap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes you feel good, doesn't it? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. But that's, you know, yes. It's not automatic pilot is just to keep busy, mm. to keep like to keep yourself distracted, to look at your phone, to listen to a podcast or whatever it is, yeah. rather than like, let's go within. Yeah, well, Osho talks about the difference between action and activity. Okay. And he says activity is what people are frantically doing because they're afraid of doing nothing. They're afraid of what happens to them when they do nothing. They're afraid of what their mind does to them when they do nothing. So they busy themselves with activity, checking their phone, for example. He wouldn't have talked about that because it was pre, pre-phones, but you know, whatever it is, being busy, eating, chatting, watching something, filling the noise. Uh, and essentially, if you do that, you're just depleting your energy for the times where you need to act. Yeah. And action comes from a genuine uh, motivation, a need to do something. So you're hungry, so you eat. You know, and so if you, you exhaust yourself with activity, you won't have the energy you need to be present to the things that genuinely need to be done or that are a call to, to respond, um, which I really like. And I do think people just chip away at their their energy constantly by breaking the spell of, of the moment. Mm. So instead of sitting on a train, checking your phone or reading the paper and then rereading the paper, you know, you see that, Think of people read a paper, then they turn it back around and start again. What are you looking for? There's nothing there. You've read it. You've read every single part of the sport. I do it myself. What am I looking for? Yeah. A little column that I'd missed about a West Ham player being injured. Well, I don't even care about West Ham. Why am I reading that little column? Um, so, yeah, that thing of like just doing things because you can't quietly sit and enjoy doing nothing. And I think you see that. You get on trains and everyone's gazing at their phone. It may some of it be valuable business that they're tending to, but from what I can tell, it's just aimless scrolling, TV show watching, computer games, you know, like checking their social media. How are you with all that stuff? Well, I don't have a smartphone, so that helps. Have you never had one? No. Good for you. Yeah. So, not, well, okay, but you're, so your Instagram and all that, where do you... I have a tablet. Where do you operate it from? I have a tablet, which I operate tab- from my home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in the... I forgot to check it for the last couple of days uh, on the tablet. So I miss messages and stories that people have sent. So I've said, oh, whoops, sorry, missed this story. Because stories are only there for 24 hours, aren't they? Yeah. 12 hours. Uh, and then sometimes people will message me on it. And I, on my laptop, I'll check to see how something's gone or whatever, if there's any likes or follows. Just okay. curiosity twice a day, maybe two or three times a day. That's a couple of minutes. Good for you. And then in the evening, I'll check it if I've had a gig. I'll have a look, see if anyone said hello or whatever. So no WhatsApp. You're not on WhatsApp or any no, of that can't. business. can't. Don't even know what really... Because of the distractions. Is. Just not Good interested. Good for you. Not interested in apps. Not interested in having Spotify on the go. So you, have, you don't have any of that? No, no that. I'll take a disc in if I want to listen to an album. Or... Do you really? Yeah. Love <laughs> that. But it's not, uh, it's, it's like, it's just my genuine what I want to do. It's not a decision against the world. Have you, okay, so I... In a way it is, but it's not a, like a, a heavy hearted thing. It's just, I do not enjoy those things. So why would I do them? Yeah. And that makes complete sense. What I, you know, a conversation that comes up or a point that comes up when we talk about social media sometimes with different people on the podcast mm. is that... 
as a comedian or, or if you're a performer or in this industry in general, you feel compelled to be on social media because you feel like, oh, I have to do it as part of the job. Yeah. But I guess you are doing that, but you're just being much more disciplined with the amount of time you spend on it. So you're not doing any of the browsing. Because so I remember a post you did on Facebook, I don't remember, it wasn't too long ago, saying, like, imagine about, imagine uh, reading and comparing yourself to other other people on social media basically essentially saying that you don't you don't you don't sort of scroll through social media and look at other what other people are up to something along those not lines really yeah. i mean sometimes i'll scroll down but most of the time if someone affects my mental health if i get if i get affected by a post if i see someone on there that pisses me off or i can see some sort of discrepancy like if they if their posts are braggy okay or pretend not to be braggy braggy yeah or or vain or sort of pouty or any of that stuff. I just mute them. I can't bear it. Right. So uh, only the faces that I enjoy come up on my Instagram when I do scroll down okay. sometimes just to you know see what other people are doing and like other people's stuff. Yeah. Most of the faces I don't even recognize. I'm like, who's that? It must be someone who added me after a gig. Yeah. And then I follow them back because they're a pretty girl. And then I'm like, well, who's this girl with the black eyeliner and, the, you know, the fringe? Yeah. Oh, and the, you know, all right. Well, she's got a nice new tattoo. Hello, like, well done. But yeah, I mean, I don't scroll and I don't feel good if I do. I don't feel good if I check during the day. I like, you know, I just, I just get depressed. Yeah. Even if I'm just on mine, I just get depressed. And you see two, two little likes and two follows. Oh, well, great. Well, now what? You know, but I do go on it and I do post stuff. And I've got some people that, that follow me. Well, your videos are great. I love the little series on Instagram. Yeah. It's just fresh and it's original. You're doing you're doing you. You're doing Tom. Yeah. And that feels nice. And, yeah. I, and um, there, was a, there was a part where I was doing those and I was getting very anxious about how they were doing. But yeah. now I don't. I great. was like, put them out, whatever. But there was a little bit where I was like really uptight and thinking, how's this one doing? Why isn't people watched it? And yeah. oh shit, you know. It's so easy to get caught in that. Yeah, but now I've just lowered my expectation. Yeah. Rather than thinking, you know, if they get a couple of thousand views or whatever, or one of them, a couple of them got like 5,000 views, that's really nice. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, that's embarrassing for some people. But for me, I'm like, wow, 2,000 people have looked at my video. Yeah. That's a huge venue. Yeah. Oh, sorry, a mid-sized theatre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my crowd. Yeah. It's my people's. Yeah. That's great. I th- yeah, I think um, I think this all sounds like, again, like it's coming from a, a really positive place or because you've you've been through you've been through it and mm. you've worked on your mind, etc. You you know what works for you and what doesn't, mm. which is I think is a really, a really strong place to be. Also, going back to what you were talking before about quieting your mind. I feel like that seems to come into play when you're performing, mm. when you're on stage, when you go into your improv mm. bits, or it's mm. not a bit, but you know, when you're improvising with with the audience, etc. that's coming from a place of like, you have to be right there. You have mm. to be so present yeah. in, in order to really, you know, to just to make that fly. Yeah. Yeah. You can ring it in. Some people have stock stuff that they do for yeah. that situation, uh, ways to keep themselves safe and look amazing because yeah. they've got a, they've got stuff that they've got in the thing yeah but I prefer not to do that but yeah you have to be you have to be uh, allow it to be what it is which is part of it isn't it so if someone shouts something out oh okay well we're going with this then you know and then you, you I guess you're just dropping you're dropping what's happened if you've been interrupted 
or something better's happened to what you're about to say, you have to kind of go, all right, well, we're dropping what, what I was going to do. We're going to go with this and then try and be open to whatever they say, respond completely authentically, even if it's unoriginal. You know, that's an improv thing and it trust you're obvious. So even if you're saying something that you're potentially, your ego might say, oh, well, that was a bit obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you go for the second thought? I had second thought to give you. Go for the first one. Be boring, be obvious if you need to be. Yeah. If it feels right, just say that thing. Be a cliche, whatever it is. You know, get it out. That's what came out. Um, hear what they say. Try not to be automatic. If you've met someone, if you've in, engaged a crowd before and one of them has said something similar, this is a different person. You know, all that stuff. So I guess so, yeah, there is a kind of crossover with the meditation. Yeah. Of just going with the thing. Did you did you do any improv training before? Yeah, I've done a couple of courses. Have yeah. you? I did one when I was just bef- in the band. Okay. So when I was like 26, 27, you do that one 28 with? maybe. They were called the Spontaneity Shop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tom Selinski, Deborah Francis-White. Yeah. Before she was a megastar. Okay. Um, and I did one last year called uh, the Free Association. Yeah, how was that? Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, perfectly really So good fun. And I did Dr. Brown's course last January as well, like oh, last fantastic. year. fantastic. Yeah, so just kind of rem- reminding myself of... And Dr. Brown's amazing, just about what did the crowd like? Was that more clowning, Dr. Yeah, Brown? Yeah, but he, it teaches you stuff you can use anywhere. What are the crowd laughing at? Okay. You know, so you go on stage, you kind of have a plan. You just got to walk on and try and make the, your classmates laugh. Yeah. With, with this new sketch or whatever, the basic premise he's giving you. Okay. Walk on with this phone and be funny. Okay. Oh, so you try that and they just sit there blankly looking at you. You try that. No. And he's like, why are you, what are you doing? Why are you putting the phone on the floor? Hold the phone. And you, you know, you break burst into tears on the second night on the train on the way home. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't, but you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then you get a laugh. And he says, "Good. Okay. Why are you stopping? Carry on. They're laughing. Oh, stop! No, don't move to the next joke. Why are you moving? They're laughing. Yeah. They like it. So he teaches you what do they like. Do that. And obviously, you don't become an idiot. You know, always." You know, just because they're laughing doesn't mean, you know, that you have to pander. Yeah. But just look, listen. What are they enjoying? What do they like? Mm-hmm. They're telling you what your act is in a way. What's working here? You know? So people tell me my act is very positive. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. Because they always said that. It's very exuberant, like positive about life. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's funny because I was always so depressed. I used to be so depressed and so miserable and self-destructive and suicidal. I was like, how is this possible that I can be so positive on stage? And I was like, that's really nice. But that's my act. It's not negative. But, so you're, but you're not that person anymore, are you? No, I'm not. But I've, considering what I've state I was in for so many years. Up to what age are we talking about? Mid-30s. What's, Early what, 30s. What early was mid-30s. Okay. <laughs> early to mid... Late. Late, later early 30s. Yes, yeah. So like late period early 30s. Okay. <laughs> It's good to be specific. <laughs> um, how, <laughs> what, was the, what was the turning point then? How did you get past all of that? I don't know, man. It's not I, easy. I think self-care is a lot of it, you know. I hate to use that expression, but... Had you... Okay, so while you were in the throes of depression and suicidal thoughts, etc., 
Were you reading Osho then and were you doing yeah. meditation? You were going through all that. But sometimes I'd stop for a few months and then it wouldn't I wouldn't be it wouldn't help. Yeah. So it helps if I if I, I, I would I would drop again if I didn't do Gotta be good consistent, haven't you with it? And uh, you just have to keep yeah. It's just fine tuning your life to make it how you want it, you know, and doing the things that are good for you. That's it. I mean I'm not saying it's a formula, but if I'm at a, if I've been invited to a party and I think, how would I feel at that party? Those comedians are going to be there. I don't like those lot. I don't feel good in green rooms when they're there. There's a, another part of me that wants to go because it's a party and you've got that fear of missing out. And then the part of me that's like, why are you going? Why would you do that to yourself? Why are you going to hang out with people where you'll feel lonely? I don't do that so much. I don't do those stupid things. Of, it's that self-destruction, isn't it? Why am I going to a situation where I'm going to feel sad and leave and be sad on the night bus? Why would I do that? Um, where I'll play up and act up and become a little bit manic and start saying stuff I wouldn't normally say. And then my little subconscious starts bubbling over and I just become an idiot. Why do that? You know, that kind of stuff. Avoid taking MDMA too often, even though I love it. Do you? you yeah. you still do that? Once or twice a year. Yeah, okay. Just because... Well, that gone. Just because... Just because the come down. Oh, the calm down's horrific. Throws you off. What about any of the plant medicines? 5-HTP. Okay, I don't know that one. It's a, it's a dopamine enhancer. Okay. Forget them on the Barrett. Oh. And from good health food shops as well. What on that? Does, what, what does that do Just for gives you? you a nice, gives you a nice mood. Really? Gives you a good mood, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it makes you, makes you nice. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> and uh, L-tyrosine. Okay. That's a good, that's uh, serotonin. Okay. So one's dopamine, one's serotonin. I think that's the right way around. One right. Else, they're both the, the uppy chemical bit. Okay. And then, and uh, L-tyrosine makes you very focused as well. Also okay. from health, health food shops. Yeah. So I'm, I'm well, diagnosed as ADHD and I've, I've taken, mm-hmm. I've dabbled with the Ritalin and that sort of stuff right. uh, over the years, but it, I do not like the side effects. It makes me anxious mm-hmm. and... Uh, yeah, insomnia and a load of other things. So now I'm au natural and, you know, just stick to meditation, exercise, that kind of thing. But yeah, um, yeah in terms of plants and stuff, I did did DMT last year. Oh, yeah. How's that? I've never done it. It was a good, it was a good trip. My death it's short. Cool. Yeah, that, I think that's it, isn't it? Is that the one? Yeah. Well, for me, I saw pharaohs and uh, Hindu gods Ooh. and there's these multicolours. But it was only, it was like 20 minutes. Uh-huh. And it was with this Cockney shaman. I went to see him in Staines. Yeah. Cheaper than going to Peru. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was a, yeah, it was a good experience. The ayahuasca thing, I don't know about you, but that scares me a bit. Yeah. Because you're on what? It's a bad trip and suddenly you're locked in for eight hours. Shitting. Shitting, being sick. I, I threw yeah. up and it's, you know, purging. Mm. But that, I don't know if that appeals, but at the same time, like, I don't know, something like move towards the fear. Yeah. Maybe you should just do it. All the people I know who've done it are incredible people. Really? Yeah. Uh, my best friend, one of my best friends, he's done it. He's we, a brilliant person. Simon Amstel's done it. Yeah. Carl Donnelly's done it. Okay. Julian Dean's done it. Yeah. A few of these cats have done it, man, and they're good people. Would you do it? I'd love to. I want to do would, it this year. Really? Let's do it now. Where's your cockney geezer? Yeah, we've got some plants over there. We'll just chop cool, them up. Cool. Stains? Hello? Hello, mate. Is that you? When... um. He he picked me up in his shiny Range Rover um, from the yes. station, as you do, and um, we stopped off. He said, I just got to make a quick stop off, mate. 
and uh, picked up his wife with loads of shopping bags and his screaming three-year-old kid. <laughs> we go into his office, which is a shamanic healing room. And then, you know, he's playing the music. And I was like, okay, this is the vibe that I was hoping for. Right. The kid would come running and screaming. Uh. And then eventually he's like, daddy's not now, daddy's working. And then he, he, caught, he caught eye contact with me and he turned around and he goes, shrugged his shoulders and said, what can I say, mate? I'm a modern day shaman. <laughs> That, that alone was worth the experience that's nice yeah that's very real yeah that's no, it's good it's good okay so we've covered some lovely ground I feel and uh, we talked you talked about heartbreak earlier yeah. uh, how are you in terms of like relationships and and just sort of balancing that with the comedy career because sometimes it's, it can be quite a struggle to maintain something well, relationship wise when you're yeah. doing something that's so you know it's it, it's just not a normal lifestyle, is it? No. I say normal, I don't like the word normal, but it's not, okay, it's not like a regular nine to five. Yeah, the hours are variable. Exactly. So Thursday, I've got to go to Birmingham at 3 p.m. Right. You know, tonight, no gig. Yeah. For example, yeah. So you're right, it is, it is topsy-turvy. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know. I haven't had great success with relationships, free okay. or since comedy. So do you enjoy being single? I do, yeah. yeah. I didn't before, but now I'm loving it. Okay. Uh, is that since you've had sort of this shift in terms of your overall sense of well-being? Yeah, something's yeah. happened in the last few months. Really? Yeah. As, as close to as soon yeah, as that, is it? Yeah, it really has. Wow. So I think it may have been reading Tantra by Osho. Okay. That really helped. Okay. It's incredible book, man. Okay, I'll have to check it out. And uh, But just stopping trying so hard or, or stopping thinking something's wrong. What's okay. wrong? What am I doing wrong? And just going, actually, maybe I'm in the right place. And trying hard in what respect? Uh, pushing against the prevailing energy. Okay. So okay. for months, I didn't feel like having sex right. or going out or meeting anyone. I was giving off that don't even bother with me kind of vibe um, at a strip club, um, just in life, or, yeah. you know, nightclubs, whatever. I wasn't just, wasn't feeling that. And yeah. I was like, what's wrong? Something's wrong. Something's gone. You know, where's this, where have I gone? You know, oh shit, I'm old now, you know. Is my sex drive gone, you know, and all that sort of panic yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, I just went, hey, it's fine. This is where we are. Why think that this is a problem? Uh, you know, you don't do that when you're not hungry. Oh, why am I not hungry? Or any, any other thing where you're just not doing it at that time. It's that panic thinking. But that's change. When you change, you're like, oh, shit, something's gone here. Yeah. And then... Rather than fighting it, just kind of going, okay, well, this is where we are. And that helps. And then, like, I also think if you're not wasting your energy on bad dates and bad casual sex, same we were saying earlier, don't waste your energy on stuff that isn't enjoyable because then you won't have energy for the things that are. So by the end of last year, I felt very amorous. I did. I felt all full of juice, man. I was like a ripe pear. I was walking down the street smiling. Morning, darling. Do you morning, love? It did it affect your energy, you think, when you're on stage? Maybe. You might have had, I mean, it must be some, some thing, maybe. Maybe, yeah. But I feel very uh, full now. Like, I feel good. It's great. I feel solid, uh, open. That's good, man. But you've got to give yourself that time and not panic and not assume the worst. Easily said, easier said than done. So that you do have energy, um, and you know, look how look how how many look, look how life has provided so many times magic, beautiful things. Yeah. You know, why is there this default doubt? You know, 
So, yeah. I mean, a lot of that, I mean, it's a whole other conversation, but a lot of that's just drummed into us from, I don't know, from society as a whole and consumerism, et cetera. And mm. it just leads to so many seeds of doubts in our mind because these messages are pushed yeah. in front of us, left, right and center. And you've got to be quite strong to be able to, just to, to not let it infiltrate. Yeah, you've got to dodge a lot of nonsense. Yeah, you really uh, do. Less time online, less time with the news, less time on other people's lives, the better. Because it just junks you up, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I get uh, obviously I miss a lot of that from being offline during the day. You've got to clear the space for yourself, um, you know, because it's, it's a very, very aggressive culture of consumerism. Um, and these a lot of these these companies they feed off making you insecure um, insidiously um, telling you that even feeding on the wellness uh, culture now yeah uh, by pretending you know do you care about yourself do you, do you want to stay well buy this you know we're all about that it's like well actually not buying this being less interested in what I need to buy would make me better you know so you do have to cre- cre- clear a lot of space. You have to become your own best friend and say, no, nah, you fuck off, you fuck off. No, 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 I'm not falling for that all the time. But with a, with a, light, with a light touch rather than a heavy touch because otherwise you're weighing yourself down. I love that. Okay, I'm going to wrap things up because I know you've got to shoot. Um, I asked this question to all the guests that come on um, at the end. What does the idea of balance mean to you or not? Balance, uh, probably a lot of the stuff we've been saying. I was going to say, like a lot of it has been very relevant. And I feel like you've you've kind of covered most of that ground. But if anything comes to mind, then great. And if not, yeah, also great. Balance, uh, well, equilibrium. You know, um, feeding the various parts of yourself um, that are asking for something. Um, yeah, listening, listening to that. Brilliant. All right. Is that what you need? Okay. All right. Yeah. Love it, man. Love it. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, this has been a really great conversation. It's been great, man. Um, I, hope I, I hope I didn't talk too much. No, man. This I is like honestly... I've got a lot to say about this sort of thing. For once, I've been on a lot of podcasts and they're usually very boring and I usually turn into an absolute wanker. So it's very nice to uh, talk to you. Well, I, I sort of, I sort of bring up sort of the the, the wanker energy, yeah. which allows you to be yourself. <laughs> you and you inhabit the wanker, and I can it, just be. I can be me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. So um, generous. Um, uh, and uh, ironically, we talk about social media, but where can people find you on social media? Tom? Well, Instagram's my favourite, okay, because it's visual. Uh, Tom Ward comedian. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, man. All right. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Love that one, man. Really enjoyed talking to Tom. I've always enjoyed conversing with Tom whenever we've spoken before or after gigs. And um, he's always struck me as uh, someone who's you know got layers of depth about him. And uh, it was just great to hear his thoughts on all manner of things. So I hope you found that useful and got something from it. And yeah, he's you know he's he's, he's like a he's a he's a real he's a real creative. That sounds a little bit wanky, but he is in terms of, you know, he's he's on the journey and he's he's been through the voyage of self-discovery, which we are all on. And uh, it's never ending thing, but it's very it's very aligned with the creative process and journey and figuring out 
your thing, your shtick, as they say in the comedy game. And Tom is, is well and truly there. So, yeah, that was inspiring for me. I hope it was for you too. Not the band. For you guys, obviously. And there is an example of an uninspiring joke for you. Okay, so I'm doing a gig tonight. It won't be the night that you listen to this, but it's my first gig in two and a half months. I just decided I needed a little bit of, needed a bit of time out to focus on other things. Been doing a lot of script writing, trying to take myself seriously as, as a writer, looking wistfully into the distance while I sip on a cup of coffee. I can't even really drink coffee because it gets me really hyperactive. Sipping on a cup of tepid chamomile tea in a coffee shop. Um, I don't even go to coffee shops actually that much anymore because I've got this this uh, co-working space that I use, which I'm actually very much enjoying. If anybody is thinking about doing something like that, because you know it can get quite lonely existence if you're writing from home or going to coffee shops, unless you know your coffee shop is a very friendly place, like in Friends, and everybody knows each other. But that doesn't really happen so much, does it? So I would recommend um, co-working maybe as an alternative thing because you can just like. You know, you can hot desk, so you can maybe only be in there a couple of days a week if you want. I, I use a company called Work Life, and I know I'm not getting any commission from this. And the thing I like about them is they've got spaces all around London. So if I've got a meeting in Soho, I can ju- jump into the, to the office there. But most of the time I spend using their London field office, and uh, it's got a really good vibe about it. I like it. They're throwing a, a yoga class for free every week. They've got pizza and, and beer on Thursday night, which I battle with being as I attempt to be a gluten-free vegan. But it's, yeah, it's definitely made a difference. It's nice just to talk to people throughout the day. So yes, I digress. So that's, that's yeah, I've been, I've been doing a lot of that sort of stuff. So tonight is my first gig in two and a half months. And I'm a little bit nervous, but it's a good type of nerves because I got to a point where I wasn't really nervous. So maybe I needed this break to, uh, to get back that, you know, that excited feeling. And it's a, yeah, it's a good gig. It's uh old rope which is run by tiffany stevenson so that will be fun fingers crossed and you know what even if i die then that's fun as well not physically you know if i die on stage obviously so that's it's all part of the experience isn't it really okay well as i said i hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did then uh, do rate it and review it and if you haven't done already then do subscribe uh, that would be rather lovely all right be lucky people until next time Bye-bye. Balancing Acts is now made in association with The Comedy Crowd, who are a website and community that support independent comedy creators such as myself. I have a Comedy Crowd short, which is a a two-minute video one of my characters on their website. They showcase the best new videos on Comedy Crowd TV, which is comedycrowdtv.com, and across media platforms, so do go and check them out. 
and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 